Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback. Cassie left it for McDavid. Cried the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable. Two flyers draped all over him. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, how's your weekend so far? Thanks for starting it right here on Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. In the NHL, the Red Wings lead the Devils 1-0 late in the first in the second period. Predators up 1-0 on the Penguins, and the Blues lead the Rangers 2-1. Later, Coyotes and Avalanche, and that's the one that could further slimmin. Is that a word, Kellen? I think I just made up a word. You just made up a word. It'll make it smaller. It'll it'll make it even narrower. I'm going to start using that word. It'll further slimmin the Oilers' playoff hopes. If the Avalanche beat the Coyotes in that game, I mean, we're just kind of waiting for the Oilers to be officially mathematically eliminated. Wild at the Golden Knights, and the Ducks play the Flames. Anaheim then in Edmonton tomorrow. That one is on 6.30, Ched, with the face-off show at 6.30, and the game will start at 8. The Blue Jays and the Tigers are scoreless in the bottom of the fourth. NCAA basketball, Sweet 16, number 2, Michigan State, leading Number three, LSU, 40-28 at the half. That's in the East region. In the Midwest, late in the first half, number one, North Carolina, up 33-31 on number five, Auburn. And we'll keep you updated on those scores throughout the evening. And, of course, the Oil Kings in an hour face off at Rogers Place against the Medicine Hat Tigers in game five of their best of seven. It is tied 2-2. Okay, we have a lot to get to today. You're going to hear from Hitch as uh, he discussed his thoughts on his future with the Edmonton Oilers. He does have a future with the team. Uh, I I would say it's highly unlikely it's going to be his coach, though he probably is going to be in limbo for a while after the season. He commented on that, and you will hear it as we move along tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show a man who got an exciting new job today. It is Derek (laughs) Taylor. I guess Derek's still currently of TSN, but soon of CKRM in Regina. And congratulations, man. Quite a gig. You're the new play-by-play voice for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming thinking of what I've stepped into, but man, is it exciting. Well, it's pretty cool, and I, I do got to say thanks for fitting us in because I know for your Twitter account you've been uh, responding to requests and doing interviews most of the day, and I think you have to anchor some highlights tonight, don't you? Yeah, I got two hours of Sports Center with Natasha Staniszewski, so I don't know if this is my last Sports Center with Natasha. I hope not because she's so terrific to work with. But yeah, a couple hours of figuring out what else non-Saskatchewan is happening today. Well, Derek, I, I got to say, I, I really, I mean, obviously I, I, I saw you on television and doing highlights, but I really took notice of you 
on Twitter, and you're one of the more effective users of Twitter, I would say, because you put out stuff that was interesting and a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And if people have followed you, they, they know you put out a lot of stuff about the CFL, you know, kind of the uncommon stats, maybe some of the analytics, if you want to call it that, that introduced uh, different ways to look at players for me. What, what got you into that and, and sort of prompted you to make that uh, a bit of a go-to for you? So it was, it was kind of years ago. I was doing play-by-play for the University of Manitoba Bisons. And, man, did Coach Doby with the Bisons love giving up safeties instead of punting on his own end zone. <laughs> to the point where I thought, really, is that the right move? Is it, should he really be doing that? Now, I didn't realize the year-long journey that would take me on to try and figure out the value of every yard line from 1 to 109 to figure out if he should punt. But that kind of you know, awoke these, these kind of questions in me. Should you punt from your end zone? Do you go for a two-point convert? And la, 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 all on and on and on. And then that got me to when I got to TSN. I'm like, you know what? I would love to chart every play of every game to see if I could find out how often guys drop balls, who gets targeted more than whom, where do they get targeted, what quarterback throws deeper than the other one. Because it, it told a lot of interesting stories, and then I added more and more layers and players are like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. You're telling people stuff that I do. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. So I got a little deeper appreciation, and I'm super glad that, that people found something in it that they like, too, because these are incredible athletes that we're talking about. So to be able to find another way to appreciate them over just catches and yards and touchdowns and things and tackles, uh, I, I think is incredibly valuable. Now, as you got into more detail doing that, did you – discover other people who did it or that maybe CFL teams did it and might have said, uh, hey, man, we've been doing that for a while. We just didn't tell anybody. Or, or did you maybe get some teams, e- even teams and players, reaching out to you and saying, my God, I did not have that data. Thank you for that. Oh, I, like, I have to assume that, that teams are smart enough to be doing stuff like this them, themselves. And I know the league has a, under Steve Daniel has a treasure trove of data that they, they don't publish at all, but they, they have access to it. But uh, especially guys like offensive linemen, when I was able to, to you know, count how many quarterback pressures or sacks they gave up. They seem super appreciative of that. Defensive linemen, too, going, yeah, you know what? I only had seven sacks, but I had 43 quarterback pressures, the so third best in the league. And I, yeah, you're, you're a really good player, even though you don't, you know, complete the play every time. You're still super disruptive. So I found linemen to be the most appreciative, especially offensive linemen, because, we just kind of look at them, and you remember that one sack that they gave up, right? You're like, oh, you're the worst. Like, <laughs> actually, no, he made 60 great plays and one bad one. So let's take that all in perspective. So, I, honestly, I get a lot of offensive linemen that hit me up on Twitter. I get a lot of receivers when I put big, put uh, good things about themselves. And then sometimes I get family members coming after me if I if I put out bad things about their relative who happens to play in the league. <laughs> That's great. Derek Taylor yeah. joining us on Inside Sports, new play-by-play voice for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm just going to cut in with some breaking news. The Toronto Blue Jays have scored for the first time this season, so they uh, lead the Tigers 1-0 in the bottom of the fourth. Derek, that's that's the job part of the story, but the things I really like to talk about on this show are uh, the personal stories and the personal journeys, and, and, and you've got this great job now, and now even more people are going to know about you, and you're going to be uh, doing play-by-play for uh, one of the most beloved and one of the most hated teams in the entire country. But uh, yep. now, were, you born, were you born in Okotoks, I thought I read? Are you? Do you have some Alberta roots here? So I was born in Red Deer. When I was very okay. young, I moved to Edmonton. And then I was, when I was five, my family moved to Okotoks. So, yeah, just south of Calgary. 
And that's where I did all my schooling and then high school, and then I left from there to go to college. So, yeah, Okotoks is truly my hometown. Winnipeg's where I met my wife and lived for more than a decade, and Toronto's where I've kind of gone to school, and, you know, I came back to be at TSF. What got you into broadcasting originally? Were you one of those kids that would sit in front of the TV and turn down the volume and do play-by-play, or what was that journey like? No, I, I think I had the, we all kind of had this conversation with ourselves as sports fans where we go, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to play professionally, so maybe I should figure out something else. Me, I had that when I was like eight because there was a kid, uh, Darren who, Krause, who was a better quarterback than I was. I'm like, all right, I'm not going professional. But then <laughs> when I was about 14, you know, uh, when TSN came on, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great sports all the time. When I was about 14, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play sports for a living. I wonder if I could talk about it. I was big in, like, drama club and stuff like that, and I played on the football team and the basketball team, and I'm like, I wonder if I could talk about sports for a living. So that was kind of the genesis, you know, now 30 years ago of, you know what, I want to be on TSM. And, you know, things worked out, and a couple decades later I I have been, and now uh, along the way I realized, man, play-by-play, there is nothing like it. So now I get the opportunity to do that, uh, you know, full-time for for one of the great – one of the great organizations, like you said. Well, Rod Peterson moving on, I think after about 20 years, uh, 20 years yep. behind the mic for the Riders, so he was uh, he was very well known. Did you have any uh, nerves or apprehension or or even, I guess, lack of confidence for a better... Because, because I mean, some people will almost talk themselves out of even applying, right? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. th- this guy might have more experience. Like, did you have to get through any of that? Absolutely. You're like, really? Am I am I ready for what's going to come? Because there's there's the the play by play parts of it, but there's other parts of a job. Hosting a two and a half hour show a day, and you go, really? Am I entertaining enough? You, you know very well, Reed. Like, am I entertaining enough to talk to people for a couple hours? Are they going to give a give a hoot what I have to say? <laughs> so there are there are absolutely doubts. But when you looked at the opportunity, my wife uh, lives and works in Saskatoon. You're like, hey, this is a chance for essentially the first time in four and a half years that we could be in the same city. We could, you know, she could get a job in Regina potentially and we could be back together. That's, that is incredibly appealing. Anybody listening who, you know, works apart from their, their spouse for any length of time, you're like, yeah, it's hard. It is very hard. So uh, that made it super appealing. And then, I mean, proximity to family in Winnipeg. And then my, yeah, my mom's family is from uh, a town, like say an hour and 15 minutes from Regina. So, I have all sorts of cousins across Saskatchewan I haven't met because my mom's family was 14 <laughs> kids deep. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to a, there's a lot, of, a lot of compelling reasons why Regina is a great place for me. Well, that, that, that's really cool. I'm, I didn't realize you'd been doing a, a bit of a long-distance marriage. That must have been extremely challenging. So that, that's, uh, that's good. It's, that's going to change. Well, it's, it's hard being away from your best friend, right? And you're like, ah, the phone is great and FaceTime is good, but it's just, there's nothing like being in the same place, and everything was has been kind of temporary. The rental house that I live in here is four bedrooms with our two dogs, and you're like, okay, I close off three bedrooms and a bathroom because I don't need that part of the house, <laughs> but it's what we could get on short notice. It's it's not the best lifestyle. So this is a this in addition to a, a job upgrade. This is a major lifestyle upgrade as well. 
Derek Taylor joining us on Inside Sports, uh, telling his great story here. He's now the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play-by-play voice. So obviously, he'll be starting for the upcoming season. Okay, before I let you go, uh, I got to ask you about that crazy free agency day and how you think, if at all, or to what extent, it it reshaped the league and perhaps the balance of power in the West Division. It's man. I, last year, I said, man, this this is the year Calgary's going to fall off a bit. So I. I had picked the Riders to uh, go to the Grey Cup out of the West and the Bombers to come out of the East. Didn't play out that way because Calgary is Calgary. But again, they've just been crushed. Like Ja'Gara Davis being gone, Alex Singleton going to the NFL, Jameer Thurman leaving. They've lost a lot of talent again to the point where I feel dumb thinking that they're going to, because they've proved me wrong so many times, that they're going to fall off. Uh, BC obviously gets a ton stronger, right, just by adding Mike Riley. They get exponentially stronger. Edmonton, Edmonton changes because they're going from a deep passing quarterback to more of a, a short, controlled offense quarterback in Trevor Harris. I love Greg Ellingson. I think he's a phenomenal receiver. But that's a lot of shakeup in Edmonton, the whole new linebacking core as well. Uh, Winnipeg, to me, is a, is a fraction worse. And uh, who am I missing? Uh, oh, the Riders, I mean, their defense will stay pat because, man, that Micah Johnson is a monster what's their offense like and what's a brand new head coach going to do to them. So I feel dumb thinking Calgary's going to, I would say Calgary's going to jump, drop off the top, but I don't know who's ready to, to take them. If it's not, you know, uh, a fully stacked BC lions team. And I wonder too, if Winnipeg actually added the best player in all of this with Willie Jefferson, if maybe the, some of that is lost. So he's outstanding. He's Defensive end wasn't Winnipeg's strongest point. I don't think it was necessarily a weak point because Craig Rowe was fantastic. Jackson Jeffcoat, very good. Uh, and Tristan Opelugo, fine. Uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic upgrade for them. They have, man, those guys were probably 1-2 on my defensive player of the year in the West ballot uh, with him and uh, Adam Big Hill. So, yeah, they, they did some good stuff. I have a lot of concerns about their offense, though. After, after Andrew Harris, I've I've never been higher on Matt Nichols than say fifth or sixth best in the league, and their receiving core. What is that going to be? Their offensive line. What is that going to be? Real questions on offense for them. All right, Derek. This is uh, really cool. I'm sure we'll be doing this again throughout the football season. Congratulations on the job with the Riders. You'll be doing play-by-play on CKRM, and hey, you'll be talking about the Leafs a lot less, right? <laughs> <laughs> I try to I try to keep that to zero in my current life, but uh, yeah, it'll, hopefully more uh, Oilers, Flames, and Jets because man, those are less gag-inducing than talking about the Leafs. Derek, thanks a lot for your time, man. I know you've had a crazy day, and have a great show tonight. Thanks so much, Reed. That is Derek Taylor checking in, uh, and he uh, he was really great fitting us in because he has a crazy day, and he's getting ready for his uh, his uh, sportscast on TSN. I think he's on at seven o'clock, nine Eastern tonight. So. Yeah, and great story. Uh, born in Red Deer, grew up in Okotoks, uh, worked in Winnipeg, made it to TSN, and now he gets a pretty plum job as the play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as I called them, as I usually call them, the perhaps the most beloved and most hated team in the entire country, depending on... Uh, what shade of green you wear, or if you like that color green at all. It is 620. If you would like to reach out, feel free to do so. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We have some comments from Ken Hitchcock coming up. Cam Moon is going to join us for a WHL playoff update. That's all ahead. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. 
This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Blue Jays get four in the fourth. Lead the Tigers 4-0 now into the top of the fifth. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. Chad, five games left for the Edmonton Oilers. Tomorrow, Anaheim, road games, Vegas and Colorado Monday, Tuesday. Sharks, final home game on Thursday. And then one week from tomorrow, they are at Calgary. And uh, not a lot has to happen for them to be mathematically eliminated. They have uh, done okay over the last 19 games going 10-5 and 4, but ultimately it's going to be too late to get in. Under Ken Hitchcock, they have gone 25-24 and 8. They were 9-10 and 1 under Todd McClellan. So, this is going to be kind of a funny situation for uh, Ken Hitchcock. He had a 3-year deal with the Dallas Stars basically to be sort of, sort of an advisor. And the Oilers took that on. They changed the first year of it to a coaching deal. And then he has two years with Edmonton beyond that. But, you know, as as I've said, highly unlikely he's going to remain as the coach, but he will stay employed by the team in some capacity. Bob Nicholson said that at the season seat holders, uh, breakfasts and lunches and all those kind of things last week, that Hitch, you know, will be with the team, but it's up the new, to the new GM to pick his coach. So... This is the the interesting thing. The season will end next Saturday, do all the wrap-up type stuff, and I suppose we'll go into the offseason with with Hitch as the coach just because he'll have the job, uh, but then he'll likely be shifted out for someone else at some point in the summer. Anyway, here's what Hitch said today as Jim Matheson and I were asking him about his contract status. I, 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 I see it the same as we did before. This is a very unique situation for all of us we're we're going to coach our butts off until the end of the year and then it's going to be a hundred percent in somebody else's court you know they're going to make a decision on on what they want to do from a general manager standpoint and then that's the pecking order is the general manager gets to hire whatever he wants to do and so we're just coaching to the end of the year and trying to get every ounce we can out of it and stay in the fight here i love the way the team's playing right now and I think I feel like the players do. We don't want the season to end. We're playing well, and we don't want it to end. You do still have that advisory thing that traveled with you. Yeah, it seems it seems to go to that forever. So but you can't even if you're not the coach, you'll still be working for the Oilers. Well, the, I, I want to help here, and so it, again, but it's up to the general manager. It's up to whatever they decide. I mean, if they want whatever they want, they're going to have to make that decision. So it's kind of in someone else's hands. Our whole everybody's coaching career is in someone else's hands and and uh, we'll find out uh, after uh, Bob hires the general manager but are you comfortable with that that it could be until look all I, 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 I don't care I don't care I I just want to help the Oilers you know I I came here for the right reasons and the more I stay here the more I feel like all I want to do is help the team so whatever they want me to do uh, if I can help the team that's what I want to do so wherever they think I fit um, I'm more than willing to help. All right, so there's Hitch. He says he'll do whatever he can to help the team, whether it's coaching, whether it's advising, or I suppose whatever they ask him, it would be one of those two things. Obviously much more likely to be an advisor, which is what he was doing for the Dallas Stars before the Oilers decided to bring him in as head coach. It's going to be a bit of an unusual process in the offseason. Often if coaches aren't going to be back for the following year, they are dismissed 
relatively quickly after the end of the regular season. Uh, but that doesn't appear to be the situation with, I mean, unless he were to come out and say, okay, I'm just going to step aside right now because I'm assuming there's going to be a new guy, but I, I don't think he would do that. I think he would wait until there is actually a general manager in place to make that decision. So, uh, unusual for sure. You got the third winningest coach in NHL history who will kind of be left in, in limbo for a while. One of the mini stories for the Oilers this off season. All right, we're going to take a break for the 6.30 news and weather. This portion of the show was presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or online, FurnaceFamily.com. We'll get you ready for the Oil Kings game coming up at 7, and we'll touch on some other... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. WHL playoff storylines. When we get back, you will hear from Cam Moon, the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Always great to have him on the show. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Now, Blue Jays leading the Tigers 4-0 in the NHL. Blues and Rangers tied 2-2. That's late in the second period. Early second period. Red Wings up 1-0 on the Devils. And just before the second period buzzer, we have the Predators leading the Penguins 2-0. Arvidsson with his 32nd of the season. Later, Coyotes and Avalanche, Ducks and Flames, and the Wild will take on the Golden Knights. NCAA Tournament. Five minutes into the second half, Michigan State leading LSU 56-41. That's in the East region. In the Midwest, the number one seed, North Carolina, now trailing Auburn at the half, 41-39. Auburn, the number five seed. Seven o'clock at Rogers Place, Oil Kings against Medicine Hat. The best of seven series is tied 2-2. John texting 630-630. He says, Reed, my family has had season tickets to the Eskimos for over 30 years, from my grandfather to my dad to me and now to my daughters we have two rules you love the Eskimos and you hate the Riders those are the two rules in John's family Kellen Kennedy is giving me an arm extended thumbs up from the other side of the window and we have Red Deer Rebels play-by-play voice Cam Moon on the line hi Cam hey those sound like good rules to me (laughs) how did I know you would enjoy that text I love that text we had Derek Taylor on the show in the first half. Now, first of all, regardless of how you feel about the Riders, what a gig for Derek Taylor to get that play-by-play job. I guess. <laughs> I suppose. A gig, sentence, whatever you want to call it. Oh, jeez. That's incredible. I just love how passionate you are about disliking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, God. You know, like... If they win too many in a row, the noise gets up a bit loud. It's nice when they dust a few, and then then it just settles in where it should be. Yeah, can't wait for that Eskimo season, Reed. Cannot wait. Yeah, you're. How many games are you able to come up to? Well, I guess once year, September starts, you're pretty much yeah, out for attending games. I could, eh? 
Yeah, I can do everything till September. I've got it all mapped out. So probably four or five games then on the average year, and then maybe a bonus yeah. game if the schedule works for you in the fall. Yeah, that's right. But, and what? I come early and I stay late, baby. <laughs> Well, you're always texting me when you're on the LRT about how many jerseys you see and what people are chanting and all that kind of stuff. That's right. What, what was your uh, What was your neighborhood again growing up? I grew up in Evansdale. And so when was That's your... in the Northeast. So were you, like, going to games as a kid then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You better believe it. I'd get on at Belvedere Station. Nice. Sneak oh, in. I was part of the I was part of the Woodward's Knot Hole Gang. That's how far back it goes. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Ah, good good memories for sure. Cam Moo oh. joining us on Inside Sports, play by play voice for the Red Deer Rebels. Let's uh, transition to the Western Hockey League. This uh, a really interesting playoff, but we've already seen a couple of teams uh, eliminated, and uh, the team you cover, the Rebels, one of them, they got the the tough draw. The PA Raiders in the first round, uh, 3-0, 6-4, 4-2, 4-1, the scores for PA in that series. I mean, look, the Raiders were, were heavily favored, but uh, tell us how the series actually played out, Cam. Well, full credit to the Raiders. I mean, yeah, they're the number one team, 112 points during the regular season, of 54 wins out of 68 games. It wasn't by accident, and they deserved to win it four straight. I thought the Rebels played hard. Uh, they, they battled. They just couldn't hang with them and I, I guess it's not surprising it, and not that it would have changed anything but it, it didn't help that uh, Alexander Alexiev the Washington Capitol first round pick he got injured late in the regular season so not available to the Rebels so that certainly didn't help but uh, the, the Raiders were they're probably going to win that thing anyway um, Morinville product though Brandon Hagel with the Red Deer Rebels what an amazing playoff he had he went four goals and two assists for the club uh, the, the team only scored seven goals, but he was in on six of them. And he had a 102-point season. He's signed by Chicago. He's off to Rockford in the American Hockey League. But he just had an amazing WHL career. Uh, finished with 279 points as a member of the Red Deer Rebels. That's second in franchise history, which is absolutely amazing. Second only behind Aaron Asham, who went on to a long NHL career. So, I mean, the Rebels battled, Reed, but, you know, they were up against a very good team. And, Noah Gregor, who's from Beaumont in the San Jose Shark draft pick, I thought he was outstanding in this series. And Brett Leeson, who's ranked 17th in North America for by Central Scouting in the midterm, he was really good too. So, yeah, good uh, full credit to the Raiders. They deserve the win. And they're moving on to play Saskatoon in the next round. Uh, it's going to start a week from today, so both those teams getting a, a bit of a break. Any are surprised that the Blades swept the Warriors, or how did you see that series? No. No, uh, if you look at the second half of the season, the Saskatoon Blades, in the Eastern Conference anyway, the Saskatoon Blades and the Edmonton Oil Kings had the best records in the second half of the, of the season. It, and I, I really thought with the moves that they've made and the way they've been playing, I thought that I, I didn't think it would be four straight, but I definitely thought they would win. And I absolutely think they're going to give the Prince Albert Raiders all they can handle and then some. So it's, gonna, it's, it's a dream matchup, really, from both teams from a business point of view. That's their number one rival. They're only an hour and 20 minutes apart. Uh, Prince Albert was jacked full for the first round against Red Deer. And I mean, like, really full. 
And Saskatoon drew well in that first round, too. Of course, they hadn't made the playoffs since they hosted the Memorial Cup in 2013. So I guess that helps, too. And for the Raiders, that was their first series win since 2005. So, you know, they, they've been starved for, for good playoff hockey for a while for both those markets. And, and I think that uh, it's a great matchup. It's a series that I think can go six or seven. And I think both buildings will be amazing. That will be fun to watch, and obviously PA is the favorite, and they have been since they started 22-1, and or, or whatever yeah. it was. Well, they might have been the favorite before that, but it will be interesting to see what happens when they get pushed, right? And you think the Blades can push them. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I think they absolutely can push them. And, uh, you know, Kirby Dock, who supports Saskatchewan, and is going to be a very high first-round pick in the NHL draft. I mean, he's going to be a big part of it, but... You know, Max Gerlach's been a big part of the offense for them, and 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 so is Ryan Hughes, who's the uh, Edmonton product, but they got from the Portland Winterhawks this year. I mean, he has has really fit in there in Saskatoon. Both goaltenders are good. Uh, Ian Scott for the Prince Albert Raiders, Toronto Maple Leaf draft pick. Nolan Meyer, who's draft eligible, uh, he's uh, he's you know outstanding goaltender for the the Saskatoon Blades. So. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup, and if it goes anything less than six, I'd be surprised. All right. Cam Moon joining us tonight on Inside Sports as we talk a little bit about the Western Hockey League playoffs. A lot of great storylines. We talked about some things going on in Saskatchewan. You're coming to the game tonight that starts in about uh, 22 minutes at Rogers Place. Edmonton Medicine Hat. The Oil Kings stormed into the playoffs on an 11-game winning streak. They ran into a big, hot goalie, six foot seven, Mad Sogard of the Medicine Hat Tigers, who was, uh, I think it was the first star in each of the first three games. They did get five by him in game four to even up the series 2-2. Uh, tell us a little bit about Sogard. I mean, uh, probably at latest a third-round pick in the draft this summer in Vancouver. That's what I'm hearing from some people. Uh, I, I mean, obviously the potential to steal some games, and I guess the Tigers are hoping maybe a series here against the Oil Kings. Yeah, he has been he has been unbelievable. First year in the WHL. Uh, he, not his first year. He's, he's, uh, he's from Denmark, but it's not his first year in North America. He played it in uh, in junior in the U.S. last year, so it's you know it's his second year over here. But you know he is. Uh, I saw him six times against the Red Deer Rebels this year. He was lights out in all six. Uh, I understand he does, he's had a bad game or two, but uh, I haven't seen it. And he played in the top prospects game in Red Deer this year in January, and he was very good there too. His side to side is amazing. He's a big guy, and and he seems to find the puck through traffic no matter what. And you could tell there's some confidence in his game. He's got a 9.37 save percentage in this series with the Oil Kings. And Edmonton's going to have to throw everything at him tonight. Because I think this is a must-win for the Oil Kings, this game five. And they have to have this one. But Sogard will make you earn it because he doesn't give up the easy ones. And I, I believe the Oil Kings uh, are going with Scott again in goal, not Miskew. Yep. Uh, Scott yep. got Scott got the win uh, in in game in game five. Miskew was more the guy in in the season, right? So, but they've decided to change it up a bit here. Yeah, I mean, Todd Scott had injury issues at the start of the year. He didn't really get playing until I want to say it was either late November or early December. But he's played well for the club, you know, since coming back. So I, I think he's a very capable netminder. And uh, he's got that win un- under his belt in Game 4, so he has that confidence. I'm sure the team has a lot of confidence in him anyway. So uh, I, 
I think that uh, the Oil Kings are in good hands when it comes to net-minded. Cam, I want to throw a couple other ones at you here. Cam Moon joining us, play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels. He's uh, attending Game 5 tonight between the Oil Kings and the Tigers. The WHL does their awards by nominating a player from each conference. Uh, Trey Fix-Wolanski from the Oil Kings is the nominee out of the East. Uh, you're going to have to correct me if I get the, get the name wrong. Joachim Blitchfeld. Uh, jo- uh, Blitchfeld. Blitchfeld. Yeah. Okay, from Portland, out of the West. In your mind, did they get it right with those nominees for Player of the Year? Yeah, I can't argue against either of them. I mean, Blickfeld has been uh, just amazing all year. He's uh, you know, one of the top scorer in the WHL, so you know, certainly he has taken care of his end of the or the offensive end of the rink for sure. And I think Trey Fix Wolanski is uh, an amazing hockey player. And the Rebels, you know, see him quite a bit. So maybe I'm a bit biased because I know how well he's played against Red Deer and he has played extremely well. And, and I thought uh, an invite at the very least to the Canadian National Junior Team this year would have been uh, correct. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get that because I think if he would have been invited to that camp, he would have made that team. Because if you watch him for you know, any amount of time, he's, he's an easy guy to like because he, he tries hard. He does things at full speed. Uh, he goes after the puck. He, he does all those things that you want. He does little things. Plus, he's got the offensive ability. And yeah, I, I, it'll be a close vote uh, between the you know the conferences to figure out who uh, the player of the year is. But I think they got it right as far as the two nominees. Coach of the year: Mark Habscheid from PA out of the East. Michael Dick from Vancouver out of the West. I, I mean, look, obviously being a little biased here, I was holding out hope for for Brad Lauer, but I guess it was hard to shy away from Habscheid for the voters, like you said, given PA's record. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I bet, yeah, if you, if they, you know, ever made the, and of course they wouldn't, make the uh, the votes public that Brad Lauer was right in the mix because it's been a great season for the Oil Kings and not one that was overly expected. When Prince Albert was expected to be a, a pretty good club this year, although they've probably been better than anybody, you know, they probably out, outshot those expectations as well. I mean, they were... No, 54 wins out of 68 games. It's pretty hard to beat. But, yeah, both guys would definitely be in the running because, you know, Edmonton 11 straight wins going into the playoffs and tops in the Central Division when, when you know, most were picking either Lethbridge or Calgary. I think it, it says, uh, you know, to the job that has been done here with the Oil Kings. Got a couple texts to read you, Cam, before I let you go. Vic writing in saying Cam Moon is an outstanding judge of character. And, uh, <laughs> and James, <All> right, <laughs> and James says Cam Moon is always a colorful guest. So there you go. You are outstanding and colorful. You can use that when you're introducing yourself to people at the I games. I love tonight. your listeners, Reed. I love your listeners. <laughs> like you've got a solid following. Hopefully, Eskimo fans back there for sure. We got 14 listeners. They all they are loyal and they all are they are very entertaining. Hey man, God thanks for them. checking in as you're getting to the game there. Enjoy our city tonight. Oh, and you're going to an AJ game tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to uh, Crusaders and uh, and the Saints. And I'm going to preview that with Brendan Escott in the next half awesome. hour of the show. So that's awesome. Camp, thanks for checking in. Anytime. Thanks, Reed.
That is Cam Moon, play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels. They were swept by PA in the first round of the playoffs, and he's uh, taken in the Oil Kings game tonight. And he said it, the Oil Kings got to keep trying to solve Mad Sogard, the big goaltender for the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's been the uh, main story of that series so far. All right, you can text 636-30, and Cam loves hearing them, and I love getting them. You you can keep texting the Cam Moon compliments, or if you want to talk about other stuff, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You could text those in as well. Uh, the phone number is 780-496-0063. We're back in a couple of minutes. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. I promised I would keep doing this until the number reaches zero. So I better follow through on my promise, Kellen. What's the update for, tonight? For once in my life. Uh, the Oilers, according to sportsclubstats.com, which, by the way, it, it's a great site, but sometimes they go a day without updating it, or they, they'll update it on the fly, but they don't finish it after the games end. So they, they didn't actually have the San Jose-Chicago game finished when they did it. Oh. Uh, so it, it, the Oilers' playoff chances, well, they've actually rounded up. They are point. Two percent, but then if you hover the mouse over that number, 0.15 percent for the Oilers to make the postseason. Hmm. It's so a <laughs> but it's a it's a rounded point like, two. That's not good. So it's like buying a coffee at wherever, and they give you instead of four cents, they give you a nickel. Well, it would be like it, it would be like buying a coffee and then finding that there's a thousand dollars underneath the cup that no one else noticed. I could use that. That'd be fun. <laughs> That's both the Oilers' odds of getting in. They are seven out. It will be eight if Colorado beats Arizona tonight in any fashion. If Arizona beats Colorado in regulation time, it'll be six out for the Edmonton Oilers with uh, five games to go. So it is almost impossible. I keep saying almost because I know when I say it's impossible, the really optimistic people in the crowd get mad at me. So I will try to cater to everybody and probably please nobody. <laughs> 630, 630 is, uh, is how you can text us for sure. So there is my sports club stats uh, update. You heard the comments from Hitch. It'll be, I mean, so many storylines for the Oilers going into the offseason, and they, they will be looking for a new GM. I, I can only tell you this, and then Bob Nicholson has said once he starts the interviews, he's not going to talk to the media. Obviously, he doesn't want to tip anybody off about what is going on. All I can tell you is from being around the games and the rinks and talking to people, um, Kelly McCrimmon is very highly thought of. And he's the assistant general manager in Vegas. Was very instrumental in helping George McPhee build that team. A long time in in Brandon as a coach and as, and as an executive in the Western Hockey League. So you hear a lot of very, very good things about Kelly McCrimmon. Will he want the job? Will there be a job that he wants more? I'm sure he's one of the, the people that the Oilers will at least ask to talk to at some point. 
And if you're a guy looking to advance, I mean, there's no doubt he wants to be a National Hockey League GM. So I think you would you would talk to anybody who is interested in you just to see the situation or what the offer might be, all those kind of things. So if you're Kelly McCrimmon, there are a few ways, though, this could play out. A, first of all, the Seattle job is there. And you've already uh, been a big part of assembling one expansion team. So you know the challenges. You know what can be done. You know that you can do it pretty well because Vegas almost won the Stanley Cup last year. So would he look towards them? And I think if you were owning a, a Seattle, the Seattle franchise, you'd have to look at Kelly McCrimmon and say, hey, man, come come do this. You take the reins. You did a great job working with this in Vegas. If you're Vegas, you could look at this and say, we like Kelly McCrimmon. We recognize how instrumental he is to our organization. We're going to make George McPhee the president of hockey operations, and we're going to make Kelly McCrimmon the general manager so we keep this guy within our organization and we promote him internally and we give him that opportunity. So there are two things he can look at right there. And then if he's wooed by other teams, including the Oilers, then he's going to look at, okay, who's there? What can I come in and do? How much flexibility am I going to have with the cap? The Oilers have almost none. What players am I building around? Well, he's got two exceptional players to build around. Uh, and, and would that be the challenge he wants to take on? And I do think we have to remember something here. And, and, I, and I get all the, the, the negatives about potentially taking the Oilers' job and the challenges ahead. But another thing you have to remember, if, if you have worked in pro sports and you have achieved in pro sports, you probably have no shortage of confidence. So that's another thing to remember, too, that whoever takes the Oilers' job, as much as many of you are frustrated and angry about where the team has been for the last 15 years or however long it's been, that people who would want the job are going to say, I I believe I can do that. I, I think I'm the guy. And they would have that belief that they can be the ones who can change it and make it successful. So don't underestimate the impact of ego in all of this either. We're back after the 7 o'clock news inside sports on Chet. 630 Chet inside sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.